Good morning. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you with us on this Monday. And uh, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental Covers Me. Com. And uh, our guest on this edition of Kale & Company is Tony Ann Levitt. Tony Ann, uh, welcome. Great to see you. Great to see you, Ken. And uh, Tony Ann is the uh, program director for Ollie. And uh, for those who are not aware as yet, uh, Ollie stands for Osher Lifelong Living Institute at the University of uh, New Hampshire. And uh, program established... Uh, by and uh, partially funded by the Bernard Osher Foundation. And uh, Tony Ann, uh, why did Mr. Osher create the Ollie program? Mr. Osher is a lifelong learner himself, and um, he's very passionate about sharing opportunities for others and making sure that anybody who wants to learn and have the opportunity for education has that available to them. And uh, certainly a lot of availabilities uh, coming up with the Ollie program uh, this uh, fall for the uh, fall semester. And uh, Tony, and talk about the importance and, and benefits of uh, lifelong learning uh, besides being a lot of fun. There are so many benefits to lifelong learning. It keeps you engaged. It keeps your mind going. Um, it allows you the opportunity to explore new topics and new things with your peers great thing about Ollie classes is that there's no grades, no tests, no homework most of the time. And, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to enjoy engaging with a community of peers um, and having the health benefits of that. Ollie also encourages volunteerism and volunteerism um, in older adults has shown to decrease um, a lot of health risks over the years and to allow them to contribute back to their community and find meaning uh, in retirement. And uh, you have uh, so many members that are uh, very enthusiastic about this program, and uh, they keep coming up with, with new ideas. The programs are ever-expanding, and uh, I can't imagine anyone looking through that catalog of yours that can't find at least four or five things that would pique their interest. I mean, it's really amazing. Yeah, there's some difficult choices to make this upcoming semester, more than 160 courses in almost any topic you can imagine. And uh, if we don't have something in there, I always encourage our members to uh, let us know what that might be so we can get a, a class or two in that topic. Yeah, uh, a absolutely, because uh, just some uh, terrific classes, some uh, amazing journeys that uh, you can take uh, as well, which we'll be telling you about as we go along today. Uh, but uh, in January of, uh, of this year, 2023, uh, Ollie became part of the uh, UNH Outreach and uh, Engagement Division, uh, working alongside members from uh, UNH's Professional Development and Training Group and UNH Extension. Uh, tell us about the, the new and exciting change uh, for Ollie. 
Yeah, so this year um, we transitioned from being part of Granite State College to being part of the University of New Hampshire, as you said. And um, we're really excited for the opportunities, working with uh, Cooperative Extension. They also have uh, volunteers, and they are really expanded into the New Hampshire community. Um, While Ollie has been in New Hampshire for about 20 years now, we're really excited to keep moving, to keep providing courses, and to really expand into areas we have not been able to do so yet. Um, and to provide unique and new opportunities with these partners and uh, with our, our coworkers and cohorts at the university. So there's a lot of exciting opportunities coming up for our members, both in the university and out in the New Hampshire community. And uh, you have uh, live classes, you have uh, Zoom classes, uh, and uh, people actually from uh, many states other than New Hampshire participate uh, in the program. Yep. Uh, some of our members have moved away but wanted to continue to participate, so they're able to do so in our Zoom and our hybrid classes um, throughout the semester. Or if they're traveling, you know, there's there's so many opportunities. If you want to go visit your grandkids or if you want to, yeah. um, you know, visit Florida or California for, for the winter, you can still participate in our classes, which is a great opportunity. Uh, it, it truly is. And uh, the, the sign-up period is starting very shortly. So uh, tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so um, you can become a member at any time. Membership is $40 a year. Um, but course registration begins this Wednesday, August 2nd at 9 a.m. Uh, and that's when you can sign up for your classes. And classes begin August 22nd, run through December 16th. So we have quite an extensive semester coming up. And uh, I have been told by reliable sources that when that registration period begins, uh, I mean, it starts uh, very quickly and classes uh, fill up rapidly. Yeah, we've had a couple of courses fill up by 9.05, surprisingly. When you open at 9, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They are prepared and ready. We have some great tours um, that we do every semester, and uh, everyone tries to get on them before the wait list forms. So I always encourage everyone to uh, get their membership and be prepared to register for classes at 9 a.m. And now that uh, COVID has has left us, at least for, for the most part, uh, the the journeys have gotten a little bit more uh, extensive. Yes, they have really far out into the community, and we've had some great opportunities um, to get into areas that other other groups might not have a chance to. Well, that's just it. I mean, there are uh, some behind the scenes tours of of theaters. You, I know you're taking a uh, a trip to to Lowell, which sounds uh, amazing through the old mill buildings of of Lowell, which. Uh, Includes transportation and lunch and an opportunity to, uh, you know, explore the, the older mill buildings that they have uh, in Lowell and uh, just just so many things. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm sure there are certain uh, people out there that that sign up for uh, several classes before the uh, before the session starts. Yeah, the average would probably be about three to four classes a semester. But we yeah. do have members that take up to 13 classes. Really? Yep. Wow. And whatever they find engaging. So you're welcome to sign up for as many courses as you'd like to participate in. So before we go any further, uh, how can people get information uh, online about uh, what you have to offer? It's a great question. So our uh, new website is unh.edu slash Ollie, and that's O-L-L-I, Ollie. And they can go there and uh, take a look at our online catalog or request uh, that we mail them a paper catalog. Mm -hmm. And we're happy to do so as well. 
And it's quite an extensive catalog as well, and all the courses are very well uh, described. And uh, let's talk about uh, specifically some of the uh, classes that are going to take place uh, in the Concord area. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can mention a few of those, and uh, we'll be hearing about uh, a couple of those as we go along today as well. But just mention a few that are available in the uh, greater Concord area. Sure. Um, one of my favorites coming up is a, a tour uh, called Look Behind the Curtain, Tour Granite State Candy Shop's new production space. Um, and the Concord Candy Store, as I'm newer to New Hampshire, I've learned is about 100 years old. And I think this is an exciting opportunity for our members. Um, Absolutely. The most exciting part for me would be that they get to taste some candy. Oh, well, that would be the most exciting <laughs> part for me, too. So, And as you mentioned, uh, we are going to the Lowell Mills this, uh, this September. So actually, we have a Mill Girls of New England class that will be happening in August to supplement that with some background context and uh, educational opportunities before before you go visit there. And um, some other interesting classes are the woman, the women on the walls of the New Hampshire State House, um, picking the president, which we're going to hear a little bit about later today, uh, and justice in real time. Uh, there's a class on beadwork that's coming up that's going to be really popular uh, at a local museum that you can go and do your own beadwork and learn about the history of that. So, so many uh, educational and interactive opportunities. This just gives you a little inkling, folks, about how diverse uh, these these uh, classes, these courses are, and and some are are single day courses, and uh, others uh, extend over a little period of time. Correct. Yep, yeah, we yeah. have classes that extend one session to eight sessions, mm -hmm. depending on the content and uh, the presenter. Yeah, very good. And uh, again, the the website is unh.edu. Uh, slash Ollie, correct? O-L-L-I. Uh, simple as that, folks. And you can follow along with us here today on WKXL. Tony Ann Levitt is with us. This is Kale and Company Live, and we'll be uh, delving more into what's going to be taking place with uh, Ollie for the uh, fall semester coming up right after these words. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. A delight to have you along with us today. Also, a delight to have in studio Tony Ann Levitt, who is Ollie's program director. That's the Osher Lifelong Living Institute at UNH. And uh, Tony Ann in studio with us and joining us uh, for this portion of the program is Rabbi Robin Nafshi of Temple Beth Jacob in Concord, a longtime Ollie presenter. And uh, we welcome you to the show. Great to have you along with us. Thanks so very much. And uh, I'm told that you embrace the definition of rabbi as teacher, and you have generously shared your knowledge as an Ollie presenter for many years. How did you first uh, become involved? I was simply invited to um, offer a program, I don't remember how many years ago it was, and as I love to teach, and I was familiar with Ollie from my many years living in the San Francisco Bay Area where the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute is, right. um, 
I uh, I said yes, and I, I gather the people in the class enjoyed it enough that I was invited back, and I just keep getting invited back and love to do it. That uh, That is terrific. So uh, tell our audience what you will be uh, presenting for Ollie this October. Uh, this is this is a popular favorite, and I was asked to do it a second time. It's, it's uh, actually called Judaism and Sex. Judaism and Sex. And, yeah. And uh, so let us uh, get some idea of what you will be <laughs> uh, presenting for your... It, it is a Zoom class, correct? Uh, I believe it's a it's a combination of live and live and Zoom, live oh. in person and and Zoom. The technology is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so what um, what will you be sharing with with your students? <laughs> I probably won't be showing anything. I'll probably be sharing yeah, sharing yes. more and teaching. Uh, what I really am wanting to get the message across is, unlike many other religions, uh, Judaism is a very sex positive religion. Uh, sexuality um, between married consenting adults is uh, very much encouraged. Um, and interestingly, in the Jewish tradition, uh, the right to um, a sexual relationship is that of the wife, the wife, and her husband is actually obligated to fulfill her desires. Um, it's not the other way around. Um, it is her, as I said, it is her right and her husband's obligation. So this is going to be a uh, very comprehensive 90-minute class, as I understand it. And uh, you're, you're going to be covering topics uh, involving uh, Judaism and sex dating back to uh, ancient times. Yes. Uh, this will start with biblical information and go to other rabbinic texts. Uh, there's some very interesting texts, for example, on how frequently a husband is uh, required to offer sexual intimacy to his wife, depending on what his profession is. And ah. so the more physically active his profession is, then the fewer times per week or per month he uh, is obligated to offer sex to his wife. But if his profession is more of a learning one, he's going to be sitting all day long, uh, then the, the ancient rabbis figured he had the energy at the end of the day um, for sex as well. <laughs> okay, very good. Uh, yeah, and that, yeah, that, it, that dates back to, uh, to ancient times. Huh? Yeah, and, yeah and, there's, there's actually this great story of a man who wants to change his job from a donkey driver to a camel driver, and the camel driver is away for a longer period of time than the donkey driver uh, or rider. And so uh, before he can change his job, his wife has to approve of it because he'll be away longer and therefore she will be um, uh, not, not a, he will not be available um, for sex as frequently as he would have been if he kept his job as a donkey rider. Certainly some interesting stories, uh, no, no doubt about that. And we're just scratching the surface, and uh, I, I think that you know, we're talking uh, off the air, and Tony Ann uh, assures me that uh, yours is a, a very popular class, regardless of what the topic may be. I, I, am, I, I am very uh, warmly received with the Ali audience, and uh, it, it, uh, it it is great for me. I, I just love it. I, I don't get an opportunity that often to teach um, a group of people who are 
um, at, at a slightly older stage of life. I do a lot of teaching of kids and teens, and so it's a, it's a really enjoyable opportunity for me. So uh, what are you hoping, uh, Rabbi, that uh, those who, who join you uh, in, in the class will be able to take away from it? I, I think they will recognize or, or hopefully learn that, that Judaism has historically been uh, a religion that celebrates our bodies, that uh, there's really, um, while we have rules and laws about modesty, uh, modesty is very different than shame, and so there's no shame with the body, there's no shame with what uh, um, what natural functions um, we think about um, with our bodies, um, and particularly with sexual intimacy. I mean, certainly there are um, traditional restrictions, as I said, married and consensual, of course, um, but we'll look at some of the more uh, contemporary topics as well, um, particularly as it's played out in more liberal uh, denominations of Judaism. So we'll we'll look at um, sexual intimacy outside of marriage, we'll, uh, meaning before marriage. I don't mean adultery. Um, I mean <laughs> meaning um, premarital sex rather than adultery. We'll look at um, where Judaism comes down today on the status of LGBTQI folks. Um, and, and we'll look at it from the different denominations. Um, we may touch on um, abortion and, and and related issues related to pregnancy uh, and things like that. So it, it'll be a whole um, sort of a whole uh, you know long, long gambit of from ancient texts through the medieval texts and through today. Because the, the perception of your, your topic uh, certainly varies from uh, denomination to denomination in the uh, religious world. Absolutely, absolutely. There are, there are um, certainly there are religions for which we think about sexuality as a, a very, uh, not something we talk about, and that there's only certain positions or certain times or certain... Uh, ways that um, people are able to have sex and couples have sex, and then and, and as well as um, limitations on perhaps frequency or whose whose right it is. Um, certainly, we think about a man's right to be sexually pleased by his wife, not necessarily thinking the opposite. Um, so, I think there'll be some surprises for people. And and I have a feeling, and and Tony Ann, you can uh, you can perhaps verify this for me, but I have a feeling uh, that uh, Rabbi Robin's uh, classes uh, fill up very rapidly. They do. They definitely do. They fill up very quickly the first day. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if you don't act quickly on Wednesday at nine o'clock, that you may be shut out of this class. So so act on it on it quickly. Uh, and uh, that's when the registration uh, begins. Uh, anything else uh, that, that we should know about uh, about the class that, that you're presenting? I don't want to give it away. I, I know. To, I understand I, I want that, the but... listeners to come and, uh, and join us and, and, and join us. Um, I, it'll be a lot of fun. It's, I, uh, I love questions, and uh, we'll, we'll have a very good time together. Oh, what are some of the other topics that you've uh, covered over the years? 
oh, I've done things about uh, the different holidays in Judaism, uh, the different life cycles, which in Christianity are generally known as rites. Um, I've looked at um, Judaism and healing, uh, which was a, a, an important topic for me when I was in seminary. I, I wrote my thesis on it. Um, we've, I've looked at uh, use, using water, what the role of water has been in Judaism, which is really very important motif thinking about baby Moses being left at the river and the Israelites walking through the, the Red Sea. So water plays a very important motif as well. So a whole gamut of things. Um, my, my real goal in many ways is to introduce a mostly non-Jewish audience to different aspects of Judaism. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a very small community here in New Hampshire um, and in the greater Concord area. And so I like to try and demystify and and educate people um, about our community. Outstanding, and I I know you have done that uh, for for many years. And Rabbi Raman Nafshi, uh, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. You're you're most welcome. And uh, her course is Judaism and Sex. Yes, you heard it correct, folks. So, at any rate, thank you so much for being uh, with us, and I know that class is going to fill up very rapidly starting on uh, on Wednesday morning. Take care. My pleasure. All you right. too. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. We will be talking uh, more about the offerings of uh, Ollie coming up on the program today. Ollie, uh, created by Bernard Osher and uh, supported uh, in part by his uh, foundation, And that's the Osher Lifelong Living Institute at UNH. And uh, with us in studio, Tony Ann Levitt. And we will be back right after these words. Kale and Company Live presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back, Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental, and today we are talking about Ollie. And Ollie is the Osher Lifelong Living Institute at the University of New Hampshire. In studio with us is the program director of Ollie, Tony Ann Levitt, and joining us now is Dave Hess. And Dave is a longtime Ollie presenter and uh, member, and his wife Judy is a member as well. And Dave, uh, thanks for being with us this morning. It's a pleasure to be on board, Ken. Good to, good to talk with you again. Well, good to have you uh, on the program. And Dave is a retired trial lawyer who served as a New Hampshire Assistant Attorney General under Warren Rudman and David Souter, and was a member of the New Hampshire House of Representatives for 25 years. Uh, including terms as a majority leader, deputy, and assistant majority leader as well. And uh, Dave, tell us uh, about what you will be teaching uh, this fall with Ollie. Well, uh, Ken, I have two courses that, that are coming up. First of all is my uh, my quadrennial four-year special, Picking the President 2024. <laughs> Uh, I've labeled it, oh, my God, not already, <laughs> uh, because I know how how people feel about about the political scene and, 
And it seems like only yesterday that we were going through the 2020 election. But uh, we're going to pick up that uh, that tail starting this fall and then running through next spring and next, sum- next summer and fall. And the, another class I'm teaching uh, coming up uh, in September is is uh, the Mormon trek to the Promised Land, which is the handcart uh, migration to, to uh, Utah. Very good. Two very uh, interesting and uh, diverse courses, uh, no, no doubt about that. Uh, David, when did you uh, develop your, your passion uh, for politics? Well, actually, I developed my, uh, my, my learn about politics when I was in college back in 1963, if you can imagine, that long ago. I got involved in the Nelson Rockefeller presidential primary uh, while I was in school and have continued on ever since, except for four years in the military. And, uh, you know, you do this uh, every four years, the uh, Picking the President uh, uh, class uh, course at, uh, at Ollie, and, uh, of course, the uh, first in New Hampshire, uh, first in the nation primary in New Hampshire has been around now for 100 years. Uh, is it here to stay? Well, you'll have to ask uh, President Biden and the Democratic National <laughs> Committee about that. <laughs> uh, from, from the Republican side, and I, uh, I confess uh, that I'm a Republican, it's here to stay for at least the next quadrennium. Uh, but uh, I think it will be around for a long, long time, and I fully suspect that the Democrats will come around to their senses and, and they'll participate in the, in the primary in February or January. Yeah, January. Have to stay ahead of South Carolina, that's for sure. Now, Absolutely. Now, now, now Dave, t- tell us some of the things that you, you talk about uh, in, in your, your course on, on the primary and its importance to New Hampshire. Well, one of the things we have to talk about, first of all, is uh, what, what is the field of candidates that are coming in? Uh, who are the candidates that are most likely to have an impact uh, and who's likely to last? Of course, uh, we, and I always try to infuse a little bit of humor uh, and, and skepticism in the process. And on the Republican side, of course, we have a, a fairly wide, a, a fairly open primary. I won't say it's wide open because uh, we have former President Trump, whom I have labeled the dumpster, uh, as, uh, as the leading candidate. And he has a plurality of votes here in New Hampshire uh, as well, according to polls. Uh, but we will look at uh, not only the New Hampshire primary, but we will look at how the campaigns are evolving uh, in the fall and into the early winter. Uh, we'll look at the amount of money that they're raising, who they're raising it from. We'll look at uh, the foibles uh, and the strengths of the individuals and the likelihood that they will have the staying power to uh, to continue through the primary process. Uh, that's on the Republican side. The Democratic side right now is is pretty much dead in the water with uh, the president announcing his reelection. Uh, no one has really taken up any effort to, uh, and, well, I shouldn't say any, uh, no one, I say, uh, for, uh, Bob Kennedy and and uh, another individual, a uh, former candidate, have, have signed up to run uh, against President Biden. But I will have to say, showing my prejudice, that no serious candidate is on the run on the Democratic side so far. But it will be interesting, and we'll be looking at, among other things, what are the favorability, unfavorability ratings of the of the two candidates? How do they square off against each other? Uh, things of that sort. Do you uh, address the media at all, and and its part uh, in the primary? Well, we do to a certain extent, uh, in, indirectly. Uh, the media, of course, plays a prominent role in in much in the national elections as we get further on. 
But here in New Hampshire, Ken, I, I think the media uh, impact is pretty much delegated or relegated to the local level, uh, with perhaps the exception of, of the Boston stations uh, and the impact that they have. Uh, the coverage, certainly, uh, the media can be a very important factor. Uh, it was a, a critically uh, an important factor in the rise of Donald Trump in 2016 uh, and also uh, in his continued viability because every time he says something uh, extraordinary or outrageous, he gets media attention. And there's an old saying, which I'm sure you remember uh, from way back, uh, I don't care what you say about me, just spell my name correctly. <laughs> so true. So true. And, 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 and that's a particularly important role for, for, in the media for, for people that have little name recognition uh, and need a lot of uh, identification in order to get it on the ballot. I, I would say, Dave, that uh, the Republican Party has, has a number of uh, well-qualified hopefuls in, in addition to former President Trump. The Trumpster, as you call him, uh, how does how does one sort through uh, the candidates and and get a better idea of where they stand? Well, the traditional New Hampshire way, of course, is to is to go to some rallies and meet them one on one, ask them direct questions, uh, see their demeanor, see how they respond to uh, unexpected questions. That's that's the New Hampshire way. And I think that's the vitally important thing that we contribute to the political process nationwide, because this this is one of the few states where and one of the few places where candidates have to meet one on one with people and respond to them. And as the old saying goes, uh, when, when a New Hampshire citizen is asked, have you made up your mind uh, on who you're going to vote in the primary? They say, well, not really. I've only met them three times. Uh, so. Uh, that's the situation yeah. that that we're we're facing here in New Hampshire, but it's it's in, it's encouraging, and and you know the candidates have a, there's a diversity of candidates. We have uh, uh, some newcomers. Uh, we have uh, the governor of North Dakota. You have Governor Christie still in the race. You have Governor Haley, uh, who was the uh, former ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, you have uh, the Governor DeSantis from Florida. You know have all you have we have a broad base of candidates. Uh, Asa Hutchinson from Arkansas. It'll it'll narrow down. I suspect that probably uh, three or four of those of the announced candidates will drop out before the New Hampshire primary. Dave, what would you like uh, you, your students uh, in in this course to uh, to take away from uh, what uh, what you're teaching them? Well, I think the important thing uh, is is the fact that we uh, the presidential election. Ken, is not a national election, as you know. It is 51 simultaneous elections in each of the states plus the District of Columbia. Because of the Electoral College, uh, it is not a winner-take-all based upon the national vote. Uh, each state has a say, and, and how you do in each state determines the electoral votes that you get. So I think the first that's the first takeaway that I'd like people to realize. Uh, secondly, because of that, and because so much of the country is already polarized, Democrat or Republican, there are only about a dozen or fewer states that really make a difference in the presidential election, and we focus on those. And then the other things in terms of the campaigning is how much money do they have? Are they spending it wisely? Uh, do they have boots on the ground, what I call bocce, B-O-T-G, boots on the ground? And do they have a good uh, Godvi uh, campaign effort, a get-out-the-vote effort? So you look at all of those factors, and you look at the surprises that come up. There's always a September or October surprise, uh, which tends to in, impact the election. And uh, you just sort of play it by ear. Don't take the polls too seriously. They are wrong. They can be wrong, and they frequently are, uh, particularly when it gets to a narrow race like we've seen in the last several elections. 
Dave, in the uh, moment or two we have left, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your other course, the Mormon Trek to the Promised Land, the handcart migration to Utah. Well, uh, Ken, uh, one of the things about Ollie that's that's interesting is if you're a present, well, <clears throat> as, as a member, you get to socialize and you get to pick from a wide variety of courses, all kinds of materials, all kinds of things. And I try to focus on subjects that I know a little bit about but would like to know more about. And one of the areas that I'm interested in is Western history. And I, uh, I have learned a little bit about the Mormon trek uh, across the Great Plains to uh, the Great Salt Lake Basin uh, in Utah uh, in the 40s and 1840s and 1850s, but want to know a lot more. And there's a tremendous amount of history associated with the trek and also with Mormon history leading up to, up to the, the trek. Uh, so I, I looked into that sort of situation. One of the things that's really unique about this Mormon situation is that so many of them traversed the Great Plains, 1,200 miles, lugging handcarts, mm. carrying up to 300 and 400 pounds of material. Wow. I'm, I'm not a Mormon, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, proselytizing, but it is a very interesting aspect of Western history that is not covered very much. Well, Dave Hess, I'm, I'm sure you will make it extremely interesting, and uh, we thank you for being with us this morning. Much appreciated. Thank you very much, Ken, and continue good work. All right. Thanks so much, Dave Hess. Okay. And uh, Dave, of course, has been uh, an Ollie member for uh, any number of years and uh, has been a great public servant uh, as well, uh, serving in the House of Representatives for uh, 25 years. We'll take a break. Talk more Ollie coming up after this break. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Joined in studio today by Tony Ann Levitt, and she is Ollie's program director. And we'll be talking about uh, registration uh, coming up. We've been focusing uh, a lot, uh, Tony Ann, on some of the uh, classes uh, taking place in the Concord area, but uh, you are truly uh, all over the state of New Hampshire. Yes, Ken, we are. Um, we have four learning regions, as we call them, uh, here in the capital region the greater Manchester region, the Seacoast region, which is uh, focused around Portsmouth, mm -hmm. and uh, our Mount Washington Valley, which we have courses in Conway and North Conway, um, as well as throughout those areas and in the greater communities. And, of course, many of the uh, the courses are Zoomed. Yes, we have about a third of our courses coming up on Zoom, and a few are hybrid where um, if, say, you didn't want to uh, drive to Conway and you're in the Manchester area, there's a few classes up there that are going to be uh, Zoom and in person. So we have lots of options available. Very good. And uh, besides uh, courses, what other types of, of programming does Ollie offer to uh, to members? The great thing about Ollie is that we're not only interested in learning, but we're also interested inside the classroom. We're interested in learning outside the classroom and providing social opportunities and uh, educational opportunities that might not um, align themselves with being a course. Some of those things are um, our special interest groups are increasingly popular, and those are groups that um, might derive from a class. Um, people say, I want to learn more about that topic. I want to discuss more of that topic. For example, we have um, uh, a very popular course, increasingly popular, called Civic Slam. Um, 
uh, every semester, and the group decided that they want to expand that and uh, focus on the founding documents of the United States. And so they get together once a week to uh, discuss these documents and talk mm-hmm. about them, to read them in between, and uh, to, to learn more from Dave and from each other. The great thing about Ollie is um, peer-to-peer learning, not just learning uh, from a teacher or a presenter. Uh, and then we also have other ones such as... Um, Candlepin Bowling. Actually, once a month, uh, about 30 members get together up in uh, the Mount Washington Valley region, and they socialize, they bowl, they they just enjoy getting together and doing things that maybe they wouldn't want to do on their own and having those opportunities. we also have Lunch Bunch in, uh, in Manchester region and the uh, Seacoast region have become increasingly popular. And they pick different restaurants uh, once a month or every other month that you might want to check out, try something new mm-hmm. and uh, get together with some friends, enjoy some new food, some new things, a new environment uh, and, and just get together and talk. So there's plenty of opportunity there. Um, most of our regions have a Zoom book club where they get together once a month and talk about those books that they've chosen. Um, we also have Lunch and Learns. Um, and a couple of our most recent Lunch and Learns have been Keeping the Keys with uh, AAA. And uh, they came and we actually had to ask them to come back and do it again. Oh. So the educational opportunity there, socialization. Um, and another one was we had Haley LaPointe from WMUR-TV. Um, and she came to talk and uh, she took a video of our members and shared it on her segment. And it was great. And uh, she uh, will hopefully be joining us again because we had so many people want to register um, that we maxed out the capacity of our classroom at about 40 people. Wow. <laughs> so great, great opportunities in addition to our courses. Um, a couple of the most recent ones as well. Uh, we did a Downton Abbey Tea and Etiquette. Uh, course and uh, touring Portsmouth Harbor on a gundalo. Both of those so- sold out as well. So a gundalo. Yeah, we try to provide opportunities outside the classroom for our members to experience the the greater uh, New Hampshire opportunities. So what what is a gundalo? Uh, a gundalo is a, a large boat or a ship that they got to go on and learn about how it runs. Um, we had some great photos of our members actually getting to work with the sails oh, um, nice. and, yeah. and learning those educational opportunities. And it was a lot of fun. I think we had um, over 30 people that got to go and sail uh, out in the Portsmouth area and, and learn from uh, the, the people on, on the ship about how it works, how it runs, the history of them. And uh, if you're interested in more, we actually have uh, courses every semester on the history of the gundalos. I don't want to give too much away. And uh, then you can uh, supplement that educational opportunity with the experience of getting to go take a ride on one. And, and of course, uh, lots of day trips and uh, excursions, which are all very intriguing. Yes, it's nice to get to offer those opportunities to our members. We try to keep them uh, cost-effective and affordable um, for you know retired and semi-retired adults, as well as um, engaging and try to pack a lot into those days. And um, it, it's really great. And many of our members might not want to go drive or take that journey on right. their own. Yeah. So this is a good opportunity for them to do that with a friend or two or get to meet some new friends uh, on that trip. In uh, June, they went to St. Gaudens and had some great experiences there. And as we mentioned earlier, upcoming in September, we have the Lowell Mills trip. Yeah, that sounds like a, a good one to the uh, the historic mills in Lowell, Massachusetts with uh, bus transportation and uh, lunch provided as well. Yep. 
And that is that is terrific. I, I noticed another one here, uh, the Mason and Hamlin Piano Factory in Haverhill, Mass. Yes, they've been trying to line that up for a few years. Um, <clears throat> and two of our wonderful presenters who actually usually do um, a piano concert, uh, if you will, uh, at a local church out in um, on the seacoast, and they uh, were able to line it up. So you're going to be able to go down, tour the factory, all the floors. And then at the end, I learned a few weeks ago, they're actually going to have two pianos set up for the presenters to do a little oh, concert as nice. well. So you'll nice. get that musical experience. And that That is terrific. And uh, that'll be in Haverhill, Mass. And then the Amoskeg Milliard walking tour from Amoskeg Falls to Arms Park in Manchester. And uh, and so many. I mean, uh, Bedrock Gardens uh, in Lee. Yep. Uh, Odeorn State Park in uh, in New Hampshire on the seacoast. Uh, just just so many intriguing uh, backstage uh, tours of theaters and uh, and what have you. Our walking tours and and our uh, community tours they fill up very quickly and they're very popular and very engaging and exciting because you get to see things and have opportunities you might not have elsewise. And now here's a, here's another one too, uh, very that you could not do on your own. You can uh, tour Manchester City Hall. And meet Mayor Joyce Craig. Yes, we're very excited about yeah. that class. Who won't be the mayor much longer because she's uh, running for governor. Yes. Uh, but uh, but that will be great. Now, she actually gives the tour? Uh, I believe she's going to be involved in the tour, yes. Yeah. And we'll have an opportunity to uh, meet with her and talk to her and ask her questions. And uh, Portsmouth Naval Shipyard as well. And uh, just just so many uh, interesting uh, tours that, you know, if you, you know, don't want to do it on your own, but would prefer doing it with a group of friends. And uh, it, it, it makes it uh, more interesting, I think, and uh, more enjoyable if you're you're with somebody. And uh, it, it's just the, the I tell you what, you have a great, great variety of, of things to do and see here. Yeah, this catalog is put together. Um, the curriculum is, is brought together by our volunteers, which, as I mentioned, um, are, are wonderful aspects to our program and they go out into the community they find these opportunities and uh, they line them up for us and make sure that our members have every opportunity that they possibly can so we're very grateful for the curriculum put together by our I would say more than 50 uh, curriculum committee volunteers wow. that get out there in the community it, it is a, a very extensive and, and complete catalog uh, that you have but we must tell people, we would tell them again if they're just joining us, that uh, the uh, sign-up begins on Wednesday at 9 o'clock, right? Yep, Wednesday, August 2nd at 9 a.m. And they can, uh, they can go online at unh.edu slash ollie or give us a call at 603-255-3553, and we're happy to help them uh, become a member and register for their courses. And you can do it both ways, online and uh, on the phone. Correct, yes. Yeah, so, and we have to, I guess, warn people, uh, word to the wise is sufficient, uh, that uh, these courses fill up very quickly. They do. By the end of the first day, we'll probably have... Um, 
more than 30 courses that are closed and a few with only a couple seats left for uh, the rest of the week. But you can register for a course at any time throughout the semester. Uh, there's no timeline. It's just we encourage people for the more popular courses or something they're really excited and passionate about to go ahead and register that first day. Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. And now how do the tours fill up? They must fill up fairly rapidly as well. They do. Portsmouth Naval Shipyard will be filled by 9-10, I can guarantee I you. it. <laughs> 9-10 on Wednesday morning, folks. How about that? Well, Tony Ann, it's been uh, terrific to have you with us uh, again today, uh, talking all about uh, Ollie, the Osher Lifelong Living Institute at the University of New Hampshire. And the registration begins on Wednesday, 9 a.m. sharp at either unh.edu slash Ollie, O-L-L-I, or at 603-255-3553. Tony Ann, thanks so much. It's been a great hour. Great to see you again. And uh, good luck with the new addition that you're going to have in the not-too-distant future. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Now, if you missed any of this program or just simply would like to hear it again, and who wouldn't, uh, tune in again uh, tonight, right after 7 o'clock, right here on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 on the FM dial, 1019 FM in Manchester, and of course, streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. Have a great Monday, everyone.